0: Hey, Kate.
1: Hi, Ryan. Ryan.
0: <laughs> Do you want to recount the last, like, ten say. minutes?
1: <laughs> so the diaper, the diaper's dry, the tits are covered, um, and life is as it should be. Frankie is very vocal today because her brain is developing. Yes. They don't stay the same, turns out. <laughs> Oh. Turns out they don't come out of the womb necessarily knowing how to swallow either. Like Oh, really, fun. <laughs> like they, they can swallow, but not super great. She scared the shit out of me this week. I um, had my in-laws over from out of town, which was lovely. And we were having a nice night. She'd had a nap. And I picked her up t- to change her diaper. And her face got... A little bit red and she looked panicked and all of a sudden i was like this all happened in the course of like three seconds but i was like she's not fucking breathing um so i picked her up you know and i was patting her back and called nick over and uh you know very shortly thereafter she sucked in air but i called the nurse and you know i was like i don't know what the fuck's happening she's what? what the hell was that and uh, she's pre- starting to produce more saliva because she's seven weeks old and apparently that starts to happen around now. Oh, fair. And sometimes they don't know how to manage all the liquid. So it can it can go down the wrong pipe or it can sort of startle them with how much there is and, and they, like, stop breathing for a second. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I want to die. <laughs> And it's happened. It's happened once again. It happened once today, but because I knew what it was, I was a lot more calm about it. And it, I realized it really is only happening for like a second or two. That she's just like pausing. Yeah. Oh, Ryan.
0: What did they say to do?
1: They said uh, if it happens again, to go to the hospital. Like if it happens, like for
0: like a, a long, long you know, period of time.
1: Um. But the nurse was like, I think this is like a once and done thing. So if I see it again, if I see what I saw again, you know, the sort of three second thing, I'll run across the street to the hospital. I'm never, ever going to not live across from a hospital. That's the other thing. <laughs> the fact that I live directly across the street from one. Is it, This is St. Elizabeth's? Or? It's like, I don't. Think the world of Saint Elizabeth, to be clear, but I am it's very there. fucking clear. <laughs> um because it would be quicker than an ambulance, you know. Yeah. All I have to do is trundle across the street. Trundle. Trundle.
0: <laughs> Word of the day. Word of the day.
1: <laughs> I wonder what its origin is. Anyways, I th- <laughs> what it what that kind of stress does to your body. Is epic I have it's just fear yeah. fear is fear is so powerful and it knocks the wind out of you and it's really hard to function normally for a while after you experience episodes of um, you know sharp sharp fear like that and it was like a humbling so that was anyways I hope she grows out of that real quick. Yeah. She's like smiling at me, I'm like, what's the big deal, bitch? <laughs> Just some spit. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Kate. Um, how was your week? Um, it's good. It's
0: it's a lot of just been a lot of running around getting ready to uh leave for Chicago on Saturday, so um I, For your brother's naturals. Indeed. Um so I am more than anything though looking forward to what will be basically uh seven, eight, nine, nine or ten days off from teaching. It's a long time. Which is sounds like it just sounds like a dream right now, <laughs> but it's, it's so close.
1: <laughs> so seven, seven days off. That's really good. And you don't have to do too much work when you're up there, right? You just get to enjoy yourself. Are there speeches you'll be giving? Entertaining you'll be doing? Uh,
0: there is a speech that, uh, that we are supposed to collectively, we meaning, uh, my, me and my other siblings, the ones not getting married. Uh, we have not planned said speech, so you ain't gonna need to get on that? Yeah, yeah. Um...
1: Might I recommend a high need courtesan court dance?
0: <laughs> well, this is for the rehearsal dinner.
1: Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I know nothing of of weddings. <laughs> I, I, I have been to so few. Um, my family in general is like this. Like Things keep coming up and like, oh, we're supposed to, we're supposed to do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> don't fuck it up. The goal is you want to make everybody laugh and cry. And that's it. Yes. In this, it's all you got to do in the in, 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 in the medium, medium amount of time. I, I don't think
0: that my brother will listen to this but uh, the the angle that we're we're looking for is uh essentially um apologizing to casey for now having to be a cunningham (laughs) and having to put up with our very (laughs) overprotective and quirky family that's Um, good i I, that is the angle but uh, we have done we have we have not uh in any way had further discussion (laughs)
1: i like those that's a good trope yeah um all right back to the most important thing the origin of the word trundle okay mid 16th century denoting a small wheel or roller a parallel formation to obsolete or dialectic trundle cause to revolve related word uh in short to move or to cause to move slowly and heavily, typically in a noisy or un- uneven <laughs> way. I didn't know it was also considered noisy. I didn't know that
0: either, and I was worried there when you first started reading it. I was like, oh no, has Kate been using the word wrong the whole time? <laughs> no,
1: no, that was that was accurate. That was accurate. Oh, is perfect. Perfection. All right, so you're going there, and it's, why is it a seven-day wedding?
0: Uh... I went to undergrad in Chicago, so and I haven't been back there in a really long time.
1: You're gonna go see all Um, your friends. I'm
0: gonna see uh, some friends, and um, uh, I also just needed a break, so (laughs) it worked out. Um, So yeah, so I'm 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 excited. I'm very excited.
1: And you also have other exciting things in the woodwork. I do, but I can't talk about them. Oh God! You have a? Did you sign a nondisclosure? No, I just don't want to jinx it. You're not gonna? Can I talk about it? I won't jinx it, will
0: no, I? No, no. Uh, Kate is referring to a potential, very interesting, uh, teaching opportunity that I had an interview for this week that I am I'm really not allowed to talk about until I hear. Uh, back from it from them um so i uh will hopefully be able to talk about it next week whether i get it or not
1: (laughs) oh good i hope
0: um but it is super it is super exciting and something that i've that i've always wanted to do Um, And something
1: I've been telling you to do for, for years and something that if you get, we'll be able to have all sorts of good conversations about its utility.
0: And if I don't get it, the excitement and the thought process that it has spun makes it very clear to me that I just need to create another similar opportunity somewhere else because
1: that's a healthy way of looking at it.
0: Um, uh, so yeah so
1: I breastfed in the parking lot of P.F. Chang's last night
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the podcast like only put- gets more the, the podcast should just be called Bad Segways <laughs> 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 so it changed the whole name it's just Bad Segways and Non-Sequiturs with Ryan
1: and Kate <laughs> <laughs> Bad Segways <laughs> um, so I just had to say that sentence <laughs> Um, we weren't at PF Chang's. It was just oh, the parking lot.
0: That makes it even funnier that, like, you were. It wasn't like you were in PF Chang's okay. and had to leave to go no. breastfeed.
1: So here's this thing that happens. Um, LL Bean. Has- <laughs> As a twenty percent had a twenty percent off sale, and I have some merchandise purchased for me from my mother about fifteen years ago, and they have the most generous policy of you can return it. So Nana put the whole family in the wagon and headed on down to Dedham, <laughs> where I returned a sleeping bag from nineteen ninety seven <laughs> that I had used approximately. Seventeen times before breaking the zipper. In fact, in some sort of Adderall fueled dream state, I climbed to the top of the flat irons with that sleeping bag. So, I and, <laughs> uh, we're off track. But I also had a LL- were we ever those, on track? <laughs> no, we're, and I had one of those LL Bean beach bags with your initials on it. Sure. And apparent, and it just it just got gross and moldy. I don't know how, but it did. D-
0: so don't you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the man behind the counter. I you know, I waited in line patiently and I went up and I just brought it up and they don't make you explain it? But you did he anyway. Just <laughs> he just looked at me and he was like, "Okay." Okay. And then he gave me a gift card. So we went back because I they gave me a gift card and like a $10 off coupon. So I went to go get some some sneakers for the snow. But are we even going to have snow anymore? I have no idea. Probably not well, until here's, January. If something goes wrong with the shoes, such as global warming, I get to bring them back and return them for a pair of sandals. And LL Bean won't judge me. So I had a really great experience breastfeeding in front of PF Chang's. There's great people watching who the people who go there. It's right next to a Jared. The gallery of jewelry. Anyways,
0: um, sorry. There is a there is a issue developing at the studio where my body isn't working or something. I don't know, I'm just texting further instruction.
1: So while you text that, I'm going to talk for a second. And I promise this won't be a podcast about breastfeeding always, but right now it's going to, there's going to be some breastfeeding talk in it. I was uh, I was feeding her in the car in front of PF Chang's. <laughs> and <laughs> uh it was dark and i realized that you know sometimes she doesn't she doesn't uh nurse that long she's like just give me the fucking bottle cuz for those of you that don't know or don't care it's fine. um a combination feed uh, cuz i have low supply but you know sometimes she feeds longer than others and i find a direct correlation between how comfortable I feel in an environment and how long she nurses. And, you know, it's not scientific, it's anecdotal, and I suspect it's maybe not even accurate. But I suspect that when I am even the slightest bit anxious, I am not producing Mm an amount as I would otherwise. And the case in point is when we have people over the apartment... And I need to breastfeed. We have a very small apartment. So if they come over, they're they're in the living room and that's where everything is. So unless I like went to the bathroom or the bedroom, which just, just feels strange to me. Um, she'll have short short sessions and then scream at my boob. My boob will be in her mouth. And then all of a sudden she'll look up and just scream at it, you know, which is a vision. Just like... A- <gasps> You can, like, feel the vibration. Um, and I realize this because I'm, I'm probably my whole, the embouchure of my body is probably slightly tense. Uh-huh. But we had one of our best sessions after we had some guests come, and they were there for, like, three days. So my sessions had been really short those last couple of days. And then when we got to the parking lot of P.F. Chang's, we had a nice, long, leisurely feed. And I was like, well, isn't this magic? Maybe we'll come here more often. And I realized, (laughs) you know, it was because it was dark and safe and closed. And it was just us. Yeah. So, just that whole mind-body connection thing. I've learned more yoga from this process than I've learned in a fucking public class in years. Oh, I'm sure. Tom Petty's fucking dead.
0: Yeah. (sighs) There, there's no way for me to pump any Tom Petty into this podcast legally, but I, I wish I could have just like dropped something.
1: Wildflowers, that was such an important um. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what else, Kate? Are you are you ready to uh, are are you are you feeling ready to teach again or no?
1: Well, Gabby, Gabby if you're listening. Gabby's been up my ass. She's the best. Um, <laughs> oh No, she really is. She is the best. No, 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 like, totally when we agree. hang out, <laughs> when we hang out, she's like, "Now I'm talking to you as your boss. Now I'm talking to you as your friend." Now I'm- <laughs> context is key. <laughs> yeah. Um so we talk about coming when I'm going to come back and I still have to respond to an email that she sent about that. Um but we're thinking that I'll come back uh not not next week, but uh the week after for my my Monday night class, and then the next week, I'll add on my Saturday morning class, and then you know we'll start seeing what feels good from there yeah. um it's just it's you know, and I had a conversation with another' with another teacher mom today that was like you know you, you go on leave and then you you know the money is the money gets blown through quick you know yeah yeah and uh you got to go back to work and all my all my friends in England they get like 6 months to a year yeah short disability basically but you know you got to work but i also I, I i miss teaching to be to be fair it's not just like i want to um, but I'm terrified, Ryan. I am I had a dream last night and I was glad we had I, I really wanted to tell you about it because I, I dreamt I was it was like that it was sort of like lucid dreaming or like half asleep, I don't know. Um, and it was about trying to teach and speak. and I had like lost all of my phrases, you know how we have like, yeah, things that we link together linguistically that are useful and we use them over and over again in different ways uh, to make a class and I dreamt that I had lost access to all of them oh, wow. and I had to, I had to go in and I was just teaching with I, and it's sort of what happened was my brain had to find a way to describe everything in a way that I'd never used before which would be a useful exercise but I ended up teaching like a very different class. Like I taught like four shapes and it was not a vinyasa. Um, Are you worried was, you're going to lose
0: your flow?
1: <laughs> well, I do teach a very, I teach a very sing songy, songy uh, class. Sing songy, not in voice, but sing songy and in, in the cadence at which we move.
0: I don't know that that's my perception of it when I've taken class, but it's like maybe a I'm just maybe, maybe i'm maybe I'm just freaking you out by randomly showing up at your class with Lynn um, so that's not an accurate,
1: <laughs> yeah, that class was a little less sing songy um, but it'll be interesting those first couple of classes back' because I don't know that I know how to teach. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the last thing I want to do <clears throat> is, um, <laughs> the last thing I want to do is like rehearse or practice. I just want to go back and see what the fuck comes see out. See what of my happens. Head. <laughs> Let's see. That's fair. You know, I, I was practicing last night at home and my practice looks very different. And I was like, I wonder if I could do this in class, what I'm doing right now. And the answer was, yeah, for the first 20 minutes and then you better get your sing song on cause, you know but my practice is not at all what I'll be I mean it, it it's partially what I'll be teaching but the rest of it is you know because I'm not doing like I should be but currently
0: what do you mean you should be
1: you should be I what feel like, I feel like I should be doing a more vigorous practice right now I've got the okay from the doctor my vagina has retreated back up into itself, <laughs> um, and you know I got I got the go ahead to go ahead, but but if you don't it. feel it, yeah, then
0: what? Then stop shitting yourself.
1: I know, I know, but like everybody else I know is like, look, I had I had my baby, and now I'm fit again, and I feel like, oh no, <laughs> look, I had my baby, and I'm manic depressed. <laughs> 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 Looking at my baby and I'm shut in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but also, that's a fine thing to be.
1: Look, I had my baby. I'm going on a very gentle walk. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, I think. <laughs> I think uh, everybody would understand that.
1: <laughs> I know, but it, I do crave it, though. To be fair, I crave some of the things. I, I crave... My practice, the 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 more vigorous one, I just can't do it right now emotionally. I just don't want. I don't want to go to a studio. I don't want to put on yoga clothes. I just want to live in a fucking house coat.
0: Well, maybe next time I'll, I can just get on Skype and you can turn up your speakers and I can teach a fast, vigorous vinyasa class to you in my house from coat? afar from in my- your
1: house coat. I can just turn the oven on, make it a little warm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my goal for the week, then.
0: Is I'm going to get is... my ass
1: to a class. And I don't have to do what's offered in the class. Sure. But I'm just going to try to get to one. I feel like that'll be interesting to experience again and see if I that shakes the cobwebs. Mhm. I don't know. How's your practice? Um
0: It's very interesting. I don't um I mean I'm just, my notebook is right here. I could like name the shapes that are on the paper but like that in no way describes the practice that I have been doing. Um, yeah, uh, it has been, um, Physically the same practice that generally I always do, but, uh, emotionally very challenging. Um, um, and yeah, uh, And very, very interesting in terms of of how, how and where the body is, my body is just gripped with just kind of emotional shit. Um, uh, Cause it is, it is in some way, like I'm starting to see how it is, it would be possible for me to feel, uh, grip in the body that is, uh, from just sort of like misuse or overuse or fatigue or (laughs) things like that. And grip that is in there from just sort of... That's you. Um, that is there from sort of anger and fear and depression and um, and so yeah, so it's just it's very interesting to see how all of that intersects and affects what I'm doing and and doesn't actually take me out of the exploration of of what's going on physically in the body actually it tunes me more acutely into that um and uh there's uh yeah i'm like struggling to talk about it because i i've just barely been able to start writing about it and um uh. But yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. No, I, I feel yeah, I think we're in a surprisingly similar potentially similar place I with my with my practice the other day I was like I don't know what of this is I haven't used it in a while and I don't know what of this sensation that I'm experiencing is this is new muscles that I'm using all the time now uh-huh. and I don't know what of this is my body completely terrified and yeah. like you know I'm just like ready at any time to run across the street to the ER or I'm ready at any time to grab a suction um device or find my phone to call nine one one or make sure she's breathing or you know, just this new level of fear that is writing itself on my body in a in a way that I'm I'm not used to the to the volume of Yeah. You wrote a interesting email to your to your teachers. Well,
0: actually, this was in the in the like closed Facebook group that we have. Um, I try to keep the um, like logistical stuff over email and the this philosophical. Type of, this type of stuff on Facebook, it is a trundle. It is a trundle. Um, uh, and I've been I've been thinking a lot. This was, I guess ties into what we just talked about. Um, this prompt that is often um, thrown about uh, to listen to your body. hmm Um, and you know, I remember in my first in my first teacher training. That being very, like, a very clear point they tried to make about, uh, well, well, what if they don't know what feels good? But then there was never any, uh, there was never any unpacking of that any further than, like, just don't use that phrase because what if they don't know what feels good? Like, that was just the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, Which may have been, you know... uh, Something that I should have been like, wait, wait a second—that's you can't just throw that out there. Um, but one of the things that that my teacher Tom uh, really advocates for is this this uh, kind of continual anth- uh, asking of, of kind of open questions and being really clear that like questions don't actually need to have an answer. It's actually just worth asking them and, and, and listening to what comes up, um, which in the case of, uh, an intellectual conversation, I think we can get us, have a sense of like, Oh, I'm listening to something internally. Like I am listening to my own thoughts. Um, and so I wrote, Uh, Instead of just keeping all of these questions that I ask myself to myself, I've started putting them up on the Facebook group, Uh, and what I put up last week was uh, open questions on listening to my body. How do I listen to my body? How did I learn to listen, and do I teach that,
1: and if so, how? That's big. That's heavy. Because I think, you know, if we just back up for a second, that's one of those things that's thrown around just ubiquitously. Like, I don't know. I don't know a goddamn workout class or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Where that isn't just like a throwaway platitude. Yeah. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to your body and then push past it. Listen to your body and take care of it. Listen to your body. It's like a, it's like a lazy man's. uh, Take care of yourself and be safe because I'm not going to do any of those things for you. Yeah, I can't, I can't. But what I can do is remind you to to do that. Yeah. Dot 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 question mark ampersand. Yes. (laughs) So. I I think we can teach it in class and we can only do it through anecdote. Pointing uh, to experience not only, but one way to do it is through anecdote. Pointing towards how you might experience something that's all we have as teachers, anyways, is well, how I we think- might experience it in the yeah. body and then Uh, That will either resonate or not and when it does that makes a You know that makes a synaptic pathway connection that they can call upon later
0: Well, I think here here's the thing is that there is The act of listening is Then very quickly usually within the same sentence linked to the act of doing something so I actually want to separate the doing something from the just listening. Unless there's you're listening and there is a really sharp pain and then you just need to like back off to come out of pain. I'm actually curious in you know am I just am I listening to my body moment to moment and what do I actually feel? And then what is the meaning of that feeling? So if I'm listening and I feel pain, I do need to back away from the pain. But then I also, like in order to do anything intelligent about that pain, I have to have some understanding of what's going on.
1: Which often requires you staying in the pain for just a microcosm longer, <laughs> sure it might, but but it
0: it also generally requires going and getting help. you know what I mean, like um, certainly, over time, you can start to learn sort of the meaning of the sensations in your body and what you need to do do to take care of yourself, but um. I think when when I ask myself the question, sort of how do I listen to my body? It first is sort of very unclear, and well, it's unclear and it isn't. There, there is there is a process of. Supporting myself in a you know, if we're talking about in in asana Practice there's a process of supporting myself in a given asana. There's a process of uh, uh, Quieting myself down So that I can experience the breath and the sensations that are going on and And that that is the process of listening Um. How did I learn to do that? Uh, kind of by accident.
1: How'd that happen?
0: Well, it's just being in. in like, here's the thing: if 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 I think back to not having done any yoga before, like the the directive to listen is almost pointless without some some frame of reference the frame of reference being what the you know in many cases when we start teaching you what the teacher or the method is providing I think one of the benefits of a time when people used to go to the same um, sort of more were in the in class with the same teacher over and over and over and over and over again. Like if, if you just you had a teacher that you went to every week. Like I went to Barbara's class every Tuesday at two p.m. It's like, or you know, you could even say this about um, uh, a forest class or an ashtanga class. You pretty much even I who have very little familiarity with forest yoga in the grand scheme of things, if I go to a forest yoga class, I can pretty much know from the first, like two poses where we're going. Like it, it is a pretty, there are not that many different sequences within that method. There are things that get added in and stuff like that. But, um, like part of it is you have to be familiar enough with a lunge So that you're not so concerned with the mechanics of it that you, that your mind is sort of occupied with just sort of trying to figure out how to put your bones in the right place. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, it is hard enough to, I find, to listen and, and do it feel accurately what's going on internally to intercept what's going on internally uh both from a physical level to an emotional level to an intellectual level uh in like tarasana and with every sort of added complexity you add to a particular asana you know it it becomes harder and harder to to just blanketly listen to Um, uh, or uh, just feel generally what's going on in the body. And the other way that I do... Honestly, the other way that I I found myself doing this is actually not listening to the whole body. Saying... uh, you know, coming into a particular shape. So I'm just gonna feel an awareness of the whole body, but I'm actually gonna feel and listen to what I am understanding is happening in the hip. Um,
1: So you were capable of doing the whole body before?
0: (laughs) No, I think like I I, I can feel, if I stand in Tadasana, I certainly have an awareness that there are parts of my body and how those parts are feeling individually. But I also have a sense and awareness of the body as a whole. And there are going to be things in my experience that pull me towards one part of my body or the other pull me towards uh, a thought process or pull me towards an emotional experience just from moment to moment. But I can come back to a feeling of the body as a whole just
1: thinking if that's how I experience it. Hmm.
0: But it's just it, the reason why the question came up is it's like more okay, so if it is important to me in my practice to quote unquote, listen to my body and take care of it, which I'm saying that it is. Yes. If, if that is such an essential part of practice, um, even if I don't have a clear sense of how I learned how to do that, I still have to have a clear sense of how I want to teach that, if that is going to be languaging and... and um, but
1: what an atti- you mean when you say it, yeah.
0: Yeah, an adi- attitude about how. what is the actual process of that. Um, and sometimes, I, like I think the thing that is also really interesting is what points this phenomenon out to me oftentimes is when I am in a particular shape at a particular moment in time And I ask the question, what's, you know, what can you feel in, uh, in and around this part? And when the answer comes back, I can't feel anything. Like I, it's just blind. Like I, I'm not feeling, I'm not like, and, and so the, the difference between that and that phenomenon of like, oh, I don't really know that I can feel that. I don't really know that I can listen to that. I don't really know that I can perceive what's going on in my body, in this shape, mm-hmm. at this part, at this joint, whatever the case may be. Um, and actually being able to just relax with that and just wait. Like that to me is, is... um. A really interesting process not to like go right into like jabbing it with a tennis ball or something like that though certainly like touching can be really useful in this regard but if i if i am not feeling something i, I really try not to go for um I, I, if i if i have to touch because i can't feel from the inside out i, I really like to do that with my own hands before i get a tennis ball in there and start
1: a before, before you shove a foreign object in yeah, it yeah yeah um I, isn't it interesting that we choose the t- the the verb listening yes you know like of all the senses that we might perceive with l- listening just it means that we're on some level ascribing language to sensation internally with interception you know we're not saying uh, see what's happening inside you know yeah. well i and, think we don't say, just, it it, it 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 almost others the body in a way. It's interesting. It, it's like you go in with uh, a listening device that translates from this universe that is not necessarily you. I, I mean, I'm mincing hairs here, but it's just, it's interesting to sort of reflect on the fact that we've just collectively chosen to, experience it that way and to refer to that phenomena of self-awareness I think it it comes
0: from I think it comes from two things I think it comes from the overuse and the sometimes blatant teacher trainers telling people not to use the word feel
1: like really yeah
0: yeah yeah. I've I've heard that a couple times now um from students that have that, that have uh worked with me um from teachers that have worked with me uh And I think I think it also comes comes from a uh, I often use the same language that I would use to talk about um, volume of like external sound to talk about volume of internal sensation.
1: Yeah, which is
0: is very and it's like something I didn't even notice. Like I actually heard it on the recording of the class, the moment where I was like, Oh, that's a weird thing that you do. Like, <laughs> talk about sensation like it's a knob on a guitar amp or something like that. <laughs> like,
1: I think it's super effective. I think I even no, stole it, it, it from you. It, it, I love it,
0: it. It is. I think it is effective. But it it is interesting that we've chosen to to go that that route. Um, but I also think.
1: The body is sound maker. The body is sonic. Yes,
0: I mean I think sound is a is a really interesting, um, and it, it's been it's also been very interesting because sound is something that, um, in terms of meditation, that uh, my friend Fez and and my teacher Tom they like focus on a lot, um, but in the way that I learned meditation, the lineage that I've learned in sound is not really focused upon because the eyes are open, so like the main sense perception. That is talked about is the gaze, is the eyes. Um, so, but I've been playing with that with that a lot, um, and uh, I, I I wondered too if the fact that we because I think the most one of the easiest sort of internal we have an internal sense of our own thought process, which is often talked about as listening. So I wondered if that got transposed somehow into listening to other things like emotions, which are sort of a complex mix between a somatic experience of of, of physical sensation and, and a thought process. And then that becomes ascribed to just the physical sensation that i'm feeling in any one place internally like it's just very fascinating um and i kind of went down multiple thought safaris uh over the course of the week
1: yeah well Um, i threw a carrot down one of the holes oh i thought you were talking about this conversation (laughs) i was like ryan here it is and then i threw it um and
0: uh And I do think that coming back to sort of the, the question of like, how do you actually teach that? Um, I think it comes down to really divorcing the uh, starting without the um, someone's vacuuming outside my door, apparently um, starting just from the, the simple topic of sensation and attempting as best one can to not be bringing people into shapes where there's the potential for like loud sensation that needs immediate responding to so that it can just be what are you feeling period then a process of okay what are you feeling and what might that mean okay what are you feeling and what might that mean and what are you going to do about it And that all has to be framed around some understanding of what your own attitude about your own body is. Because that can fuck the whole process up. If your attitude towards yourself is that I'm garbage because everything about yoga culture and culture at large is about your garbage, then the process of learning how to listen to your body might actually be a moot point because at the end of the day, what you do about the feedback your body gives you is uh, punitive punitive. Um, And that is all I really do believe there's a, there's like a wisdom to all of this uh, self massage stuff that's out there now. And there's also a real downside to it where it's like, I'm going to punish my body because it's tight. Yep. The wisdom is I can't feel something in my body and either because it's easier or it's just, well, both because it might be easier with an with an external object or because you actually don't have the range of motion to put your hands on that place on your body, you know, a tennis ball or a foam roller or a blanket or this or that is going to be super useful. But that's a very different attitude than...
1: I'm going to jam this in there. i
0: jam this in there.
1: Yeah, I I abruptly – there was a period of time where I was uh, running uh, – I was running distance and, um, you know, I bought a foam roller and was doing that. And I, I think it's how so poor – when I made the connection that – Rolling out your IT band might not make any sense whatsoever because that's the thing that they tell runners to do roll out your IT band. And then at some point, I was like, But maybe it's not my quote unquote IT band that's tight, maybe it's the anchoring muscles, um, you know, in my glute mead that's tight and pulling on my IT band. So beating up my IT band by rolling on it isn't helping anything, and if anything, it might be like. Just bruising, making it worse or just bruising or destabilizing. Maybe what I need to do is, you know, gently uh, massage or sit in a tub and loosen up my tight ass. (laughs) You know, like sometimes there's a misunderstanding. Like when you're hearing sensation in a location, that doesn't mean it's the origin of...
0: Yes, exactly, and well, that goes into what the meaning of this like. How do we understand the sensation? If if, yeah, you know, if because that sound that that is sound like
1: it's coming from somewhere, but it's actually well, that's
0: that's the curious thing, like uh, that. That's the curious thing that I've been finding particularly about um, the hip injury, which someone emailed us and asked how I hurt my hip. Uh, I literally just fell up the stairs, if you can believe that. I fell up the stairs <laughs> um, but it is really hard to understand it the the pain is not how do I say this The damaged tissue is not where the pain is. It is... The the pain is... It is coming... My sense of it is coming from the grip of the muscles trying to protect the joint. And... And... Which is not always the case, sometimes the pain is right where the damaged tissue... Like, you know and sometimes and I keep wondering every day that I get on my mat I was like is this all because my SI joint is still kind of fucked up or is the musculature being gripped pulling the SI joint out of whack and therefore causing more issues than the initial injury like you're never going to find a clear answer because in my experience there aren't a lot of uh, well, let's say there are definitely clear answers when you go and 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 work with your body, but they're ge- de- generally not as concrete as we'd like them to be and expect them to be They're generally far more ambiguous than than we uh, having been through schooling as sort of objective learners, like learn the shit in this book and then write it down on a test. Um, uh, it's far more ambiguous than that.
1: I was really I mean, really enjoyed listening to you talk about that. <laughs> and it, it it made me think it's asking someone to listen to this is so cheesy, I apologize. But it's like it's asking somebody with very limited musical training to listen to a symphony and 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 then speak intelligently about the dynamics of how the instruments are working together and what the fuck was happening. And it's like, well, no, I just heard, you know, I heard the timpani and it was real loud at one point. I don't know. You know, it's such a complex and in some ways a deeply nuanced and sophisticated thing you're asking when you say listen to your body. What we're actually asking for is wildly difficult. Yes. And we couch it as like a very simple. Because we don't know what the fuck we're hearing, we don't understand the instruments. This is a lifetime of,
0: and I and it is not in for, for the most part. I mean, I suppose it could be, but it is not. It, the The sensations are not auditory, and therefore, as a teacher in front of the classroom, you have no way of knowing other than perhaps a grimace or a, a, some facial expression that shows that there may be very loud sensation going on in the body
1: yeah maybe
0: you know that 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 may be the or the shake of a leg that's fatigued or the you know there, there may be visual cues as to what's going on but um uh, and
1: even then we'll it's only a guess you yeah know?
0: exactly but it's also not like you can It's not that you can't, shouldn't invite that possibility that there's something to listen to. I just think the the shapes in which you do it and the shapes in which you choose to be far more directive is a very interesting, because um, normally when when you hear the listen to your body, isn't it generally in a shape that's a bit more complex?
1: Yeah, or they've held you there for a while. Yeah, or it's yeah, a quote-unquote it, it, difficult You're You're, you're
0: moving into either an end range or a longer duration or a um, uh, very compound situation.
1: Yep, and it's a way for teachers to... Uh... Is this the word I want? Forgive me.
0: Well, I don't know this the word for? I want. Ab-
1: Abdicate? Oh. Abdicate responsibility for what they're offering in class.
0: And then this is the other really interesting thing.
1: You listen to your body because I haven't made enough of a – I'm not confident enough in what I'm doing.
0: Except so, – so there is that possibility. <laughs> there is also the possibility that the intention behind listen to your body is a handing over of agency to the student. Is a, ...is a breaking down of the fourth wall, which is something that, of course, we advocate for. So the tension between those two things, I think, is super interesting. Because yeah. how much do you hold, quote-unquote, the seat of the teacher? And how much do you just... Like, if someone is admitting that they don't know enough... Which is a fine thing to admit, because the human body is a fucking complex thing. And and they are asking someone to be like, and, and delivering a dynamic that is, hey, so this is what I do, I'm going to talk you into doing it, and then what do you feel? Then, like, that's, that's okay, except then that needs to be informed by the shapes that are being chosen because that's like it's just a really complicated tension between those two things because there are things that as you know uh people who practice a lot of yoga like and have practiced for a long period of time like there are there are quote-unquote teachings as much as we like to say that yoga is like this wild west of people doing whatever the fuck they want. There are teachings. And we are holding a space and a container in which those teachings might be realized, even if we know it or not. And so we do have to hold a seat.
1: Hmm.
0: But at the same time... We also know that that historically that seat has, the seat of the teacher has been abused and used to propagate a really dogmatic approach to practice that doesn't really work for everybody. So there has to be some deconstructing of it at the same time.
1: Yep. I I don't know if it's just my personal I don't know if this is just based on me but I I just I reject fully the holding of a being a vessel or uh carrying on of a lineage. I recognize that I'm what actually, I learned echoes, you know, from sure someone that was taught something by someone who's someone someone but
0: I don't want to confuse the the conversation of influence with the conversation of of teachings. Because yes, we are sort of an echo of of all of our influences. But if on some So on some very ultimate level I do believe that the the active ingredient of what we're doing on the yoga mat that is indeed helpful, actually whether it's on the yoga mat or not doesn't really matter. Let's divorce this from a conversation of asana for a moment. So the fundamental thing that we are considering is a relationship between Purusha and Prakriti or sort of ultimate bodhicitta and relative bodhicitta or relative and absolute, or however you want to conceive of it. And the through line between Patanjali and between um, uh, Buddhism and between... The through line through all of it, to me, is that there is an acknowledgement that there is some human nature that can, can sort of rest within itself. And so, and that there are things that come up that get in the way, generally referred to as kleshas, or chitavritti or whatever you want to think of it as, both of those things actually. And so the idea is to Yes, soften that, but there has to be some acknowledgement that like, hey, on some level, things are fundamentally okay. Even if it's just within this body. Even if, you know, even if it's just within this body. On some level. There is an innate intelligence here. So that's what I mean by holding my seat is trying to continually be able to tune to that and have confidence in that. And if I have confidence in that, then the deconstructing of, of the teacher's seat is not so, doesn't feel so groundless. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can drink that Kool-Aid.
0: Um, which is also not to say that if I were teaching... Well, there. that is also not to say that I don't hold some form of lineage myself that I don't necessarily think is uh, topical. To, to the way that I exist in front of the yoga classroom. It's certainly the, the, the backdrop, but like no nobody who comes to a yoga class with me needs to necessarily buy into being a Buddhist or, or any of the Shambhala teachings or any of Tom's teachings or like, no one needs to buy into that in order to practice or. or
1: you know uh, what it is, Ryan? I just, I realized, I think at some point that teachers are performers and teachers and performers are teachers and performers because they're, uh, they're, they have a malfunction of ego somewhere. I think I, and I, I, obviously I include myself in this group. I believe that you have to be kind of fucked in some, at least Actually, in a pretty substantial way, to think that you and your opinion on something is—let me finish. You're gearing up. It's so important that you should sit in the front in the seat of the teacher and lead these people. And that is where I wrestle because I love teaching and I think I'm okay at it. And I and I I, I value my teachers and recognize at the same time it is an absolute uh exercise in narcissism it's- to share even though what happens from it is valuable for people sure <laughs> getting the fuck up there I, I don't know a yoga teacher that isn't that isn't wrestling with some with some bruised ego issues that have helped propel them into that line of work and thank god because we need teachers we need those broken people
0: <laughs> so but this is this is the idea of of this is the idea of co-emergence, though, because at the same time that storyline is valid that that there is something you know inherently uh, um, egoic. is that a word? Yes?
1: Mm, I don't know. Okay, narcissistic. We're, we're going something. with it.
0: Um, yeah. No, I like egoic because ego narcissism. Driven? Yeah, narcissism has has a, a slightly different.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking about. But also I am talking about that.
0: No, no, no. I know, but
1: I'm that at exists
0: at the same time as someone. Well, and it, it may not exist at the same time. Let me be clear. In someone who who is trying to be a teacher, there is someone who acknowledges their you know egoic tendencies, for lack of a better word, and someone who legitimately feels that um, what they are practicing is inherently beneficial to other humans and that it, there is something in them that would like to share that with other human beings. Not that they have all of the answers or that they've got some dogma that works And that there's a anybody. shortage
1: of people doing it. They also have to believe that, too, that it's um, not. I want to share this and I look around and other people aren't except I'm not, I too must be part of this market.
0: I'm not sure because I, I I'm not sure that that's so much the case because because for example, like, I mean I can only talk for myself like I don't want to teach thousands of people. I want to teach people that I want to teach just a small amount of people (laughs) and 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 I think scaling in terms of teaching I know we've had the argument of scaling in terms of like making a living and and having a successful business but I think scaling in terms of teaching is actually where that egoic uh quality starts to where that narcissistic quality starts to spin um spin up
1: well, that's where it does so more with more obviously, but yeah. I think it it happens with people. Well, who I mean, it, it is a, it
0: is a but it is also a truth, a fundamental truth of being a human. Like I haven't I've never spoken with a teacher who's been practicing for multiple decades who say that they don't experience a fixed ego state anymore. You know that's what trumpa rimshade oftentimes didn't talk about eradicating the ego he just talked about the ego as being fluid as opposed to being fixed like that self is fluid because all of the ever-changing conditions around it because the second actually this is part of the issue is the second we start talking about ego it, we, there's a confusion around what ego means in, in a Buddhist context, in, in a, Versus 40, a 40, psychological yeah, yeah. context, so that that is actually probably not the best word. Um,
1: yeah, that's why I'll, I'll go with narcissists, narcissistic tendencies. There, there is an inherent, and we all have it, you have to have uh, narcissistic tendencies to be a healthy human, but I... I are I you major- using yeah.
0: narcissism in the same way that I'm using ego?
1: probably there's some overlap there because
0: from a buddhist context ego is not inherently a bad thing it just is
1: exactly neither is what i would would identify
0: narcissism as a neurotic context
1: yeah but narcissism isn't in and of itself and a bad thing everybody has to have
0: okay no i I buy that that's that was just not my understanding of the of the of the term i i I understood it to be like a pathological
1: it is Is when it is you know what i mean Um, sure yeah um, yeah yeah. i was talking to nick about it and he was like describing something as or someone as having that and i was like "Ah, but and he's like no, no no it's okay everybody has yeah. that and you need a little bit of that or else you don't feed yourself and you don't yes. just, you yeah, know yeah. you don't put on clothes yeah. um but it's it's when it becomes the driving
0: yes yes okay i yeah yeah so now we're on the same page
1: <laughs> but it's true I, I mean i think like the A critical understanding of that term is more like when you hear that word, something terrible is happening. But I I do sort of mean it like that for teachers. I think when I'm saying it, what I'm saying is it's different, you know, for everybody on a different spectrum. But I think the impulse to become a teacher, and I'm not talking about like an elementary school teacher, although I'm sure that there's elements of that there too. But I'm mostly talking about to become a yoga teacher specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or to become a fitness instructor, uh, is far more on par with becoming um, an actor. I'm not comparing the two lines of work, but the drive to do them is performative mm. on some level. Unless you're like, I am just seeing private clients.
0: Well, but even then, no. I I think some of this is a level of experience. Like, if it is the if it is the sort of narcissistic tendency that drives someone to teach hopefully if they are practicing that gets softened to the point where they eventually can teach from more of a place of just wanting
1: to share and be helpful look you can be an exceptional fucking teacher and completely pathologically uh narcissist a narcissist i really believe you can i think that there are genius teacher teachers out there asana and yoga teachers that are fucked just like for example you can have a very unhealthy epically gifted doctor sure sure you can you can have a therapist that is Fucking Hannibal Lecter,
0: you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, somebody that, that is fair. That's fair. This
1: is the Bodhi This is the Bodhisattva, the person that leads you to, but ne- isn't necessarily arrived themselves. Sure. They'll shepherd you. They'll shepherd you along the river, but they ain't getting off on the shore. You know what I mean? But
0: you know, I guess I just see like. I don't know, my my bullshit radar goes off with that, though, because, you know, certainly there are moments where I have experienced that side of my teachers, even if it was just for like a split second, like, oh, wow, you're a human being. That's really great. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I mean? Like, I've experienced that. but. I also experience some part of them that is incredibly self aware of that. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. They, which shows me that they are actively engaged in practice and not trying to sell me some bullshit.
1: I think those things can coexist. You have somebody that's like, hey, I am so fucking fucked up. That's why yeah, I yeah. love you. Oh, I'm so fucking fucked up. Now I'm going to teach yoga and I'm going to teach it to a lot of people or or a small amount of people and I'm going to, but I, you know, and I'm, and I'm self-aware of how fucked up I am. I am so fucked up. But that doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, they're fucked up, you know? And, and uh, honestly, I, I am, I am proposing that they are fucked up in a very specific way that is, uh, unique, um, or occurs more frequently amongst yoga teachers, I think the there, would drives, be, there would there fucked would be a is, is similar thread
0: yes for all the, of us. there would be there would be plenty of anecdotal evidence to support that <laughs> uh but there is part of me that wants to make the argument of like at at some point along their trajectory something went off the rails and it was no longer yoga
1: Mm. Which is a flawed argument. I guess I just see it more as like artists and writers I know. Like they're all creating things that are different, you know, and they're sort of in conversation with each other, but not really. And they come from different traditions using different mediums. Uh, But the drive for many artists is a you know a damn a place you're coming from a place of damage, you know of quote unquote. But using isn't everybody that coming
0: from a place of damage though?
1: Yeah, but not everybody then goes into a, a profession that sure. is uh, a, an amplification of that. Some people uh, become vets, you know, and sure. some people work at coffee shops, and some people are administrative assistants. And I don't find those lines of work to be as Associated with this particular personality
0: though I have to say Kate if Impulse. you if you offered me if magically tomorrow you said, okay Ryan, I have a job opportunity for you you aren't gonna make a lot of money but it'll be enough to like still live in Boston and 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 you know study the yoga that you want to study um, and you you know, worked from 10 to six, Monday through Friday, um, but the only caveat was you couldn't teach yoga anymore. I I would, it would be very hard for me to say no to that. Like I probably would, but part of me wonders whether that is the, the narcissistic part of me. Because there is a part, the part of me- The part that would say no. <laughs> Yeah, because there is a part of it that's like, okay, 10 to 6, that means if I get up at 7, then I have two hours to practice and get to work. Like The, the prospect of having time to actually practice uh, is very much more appealing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And this is why I always keep one foot in another world. Because if, for me personally, if I just teach, I am taking a running leap right into that freaking, you know, narcissism's pool. Yes. (laughs) All right, here we go. Now I'm going to market myself because I depend on it and everything is perfect. Oh, my God. You know, that's what it becomes. So to have my foot elsewhere allows me to to remain almost a hobbyist yeah and it feels less it doesn't light the that it doesn't trigger the the ego as much for me you know because I think I'd be susceptible to that if I or, or I'd be more susceptible to that if I um needed to pay every bill with my yeah. teaching. I pay some bills with my teaching. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not like, just, you know, I, I, the money is useful, especially now that I'm, you know, the shepherd of another person. Um, but it is why I keep my foot elsewhere too, because I'm trying to stay aware of the fact that I think it is an exercise in an um, in ego, teaching yoga and I don't I. it sounds so ugly the way I'm saying it but I don't think of it as ugly because I think the other side of it is you know, many teachers are doing a lot of good. Like it, yeah. Just because the impulse is ugly doesn't mean that the result is also tainted. Yeah. Because of the impulse was, I think you you can separate those. I think there's some really fucked up teachers doing some really beautiful work, yeah. and there are some artists out there that are fucked up and and producing some brilliant work that's changing people's lives. And there's some doctors out there that are fucking cheating on their wives and and doing some fucked up stuff that then go into the office and do open heart surgery. You know, I, yeah. these two things do not necessarily have to be married, but I think it's worth observing some common personality traits that observe, that, that occur in this industry that we don't like to talk about because we are them. <laughs> we are them. We are them. Tatvamasi. Mm. Is that right? Is that right? No. Well, uh, Can I can, just on a lighter note? I have never understood, really understood the desire to suck your own dick. <laughs> like physiologically, like when I imagine myself as the owner of a dick, eh, it just isn't something that because I don't know what that might feel like because I've never had a dick sucked. But <laughs> having milk in my breasts is the closest I can get to understanding it. Cause there are times where I'm like, she's not suckling enough or, or my pump isn't working quite right. If only I could reach my own tit and get the milk out that way. <laughs> and then I'm like, aha, that's what guys are after. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just take care of it yourself. You know? <laughs> And then I sort of imagine myself drawn as a Ren and Stimpy character trying to do it. (laughs) You'll cut this part out, right? Nope.
0: This is how we're ending the podcast.
1: Terrific.
0: Well, this has been unrolled.
1: Yeah, it sure has. Has Um, been unrolled. Battery on my computer's about to die.
0: Okay. uh, Well, I'll go quick um so uh thank you to everybody who's been supporting us on patreon it's so so helpful um uh so you can go uh if you're uh interested and you enjoy these uh ramblings um you can go over to unrolledpodcast.com and click on the donate button uh and then you can find us online instagram facebook at unrolled podcast uh or just shoot us an email unrolledpodcast at gmail.com And we're gonna try and record a podcast from while I'm in Chicago, Uh, uh, so we'll we'll be back next week, hopefully. Brilliant! Bye. Um,
1: Bye. Bye.